Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. My name is Nate, and I am your dungeon buddy and your dragon snuggler. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review, and welcome to episode four. The exciting part of this episode is that my players have decided to let this become a podcast. Huzzah! Well, let's get into it. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes learned that nearly 100 years ago, a great tragedy occurred, and the local priests were killed by a local paladin for raising the dead. And they have met the only survivor, the baker Sadie, now in her 90s. She says, I, I do remember Amaranth and Lamia. They were, they were good. They were good priests. Our heroes recruit the local blacksmith Owen the Shield and come clean about their meddling out at his grandfather's tomb. And say that you didn't do it. <laughs> Just hypothetically. <laughs> you know, certainly there's some uh, some history on why. You, you can't expect people to keep up a tradition without understanding some of the reasons behind it. Our heroes also met Owen's oldest son, Gualme, a local bartender who was sent to gather up all of Owen's family, the descendants of St. Astra, and hide in the blacksmiths. Just in case... Yeah, you, you can you can just call me Gwali. Ugh, no. <laughs> All right, Gwalmai it is then. Because it rhymes with Wally. <laughs> it's just it's weird. Our heroes discover what they believe is the scene of an ancient set of crimes from nearly a hundred years ago, committed by the priest and priestess of the Silent Judge. A dark liquid drawing of runes in a circle and a pentagram in the middle of it kind of smacked into the middle of this room. And lying in the middle of that is the skeletal remains of something uh, that was wearing robes. But there is a human skull sitting on top of it that appears to have turned into some kind of gemstone, like jade maybe? Well, that's suspicious. This is very suspicious. I believe the silent judge may have issued well judgment here, and we may be best advised to leave it alone. Alright, that's good enough for me. With no real actions to take except smash centipedes, our heroes head back to town just as the last daylight fades. So, before we get into today's adventure, let's start with a brief mechanics check-in, because you folks hit level two! Yay! Yay! <laughs> now we're just kind of rookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still, still baby characters. That's okay, though. At level two, you each got something. So let's start with Mandy, because she's on my left. Okay. Gulaine has now a whopping 17 hit points. And she got an extra level one spell slot. And then she also now gets to use the channel divinity feature, which has two possible effects. One of them is turn undead, which makes undead run away. And the other one is called the path to the grave, which is specific to the grave domain. And that's kind of a cool thing because I can use an action to curse a creature within 30 feet. And then the next person to hit it, they get to do double damage, double die roll, double bonuses, everything. So that's a pretty powerful feature. Yes. Set up to brutalize. Mm -hmm. 
Claire, what does Creedon look like at level two? Creedon too has a whopping 17 hit points. Yay! Such beefy casters. I also got a new spell slot and a new spell known, which I took competent languages. And I got Eldritch Invocation, so I got Agonizing Blast, of course, the one that everybody gets, and Mask of Many Faces, which lets me cast Disguise Self without using a spell slot. So I can be very deceptive. And can you do that as many times as you want between long rests, or is that... It doesn't say... I may have to figure that you out. You can do it all the time. All the time. It's basically a cantrip. You have to cast the spell, but it effectively becomes a cantrip. So I can just disguise myself to look like I have all of my makeup on, even when I don't. All the time. <laughs> yes. All the time. When you're sleeping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is disguise self-concentration? Probably. 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 Okay, well. Maybe not when you're sleeping. <laughs> when I cast text on somebody, I'll just suddenly have, like, flyaways in my hair. <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> bathe anymore, either, thanks to the power of illusion. So you can just smell good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Magic shirt cuts. Or bad, depending on the effect you're going for. Robert, what does Xeris look like at level two? Xeris also gained some hit points. I'm only two hit points above everyone else at 19. And then the big feature that I got as a Barbarian was Reckless Attack, where you can choose to gain the advantage on your melee attacks, but then your opponents also gain advantage when attacking you. Oh, that's a fun one. That's definitely a give and take one, isn't there? All or nothing power. All right, so when last we left our characters, you were headed back to the inn inside Palmville, just as night was falling. Any objections, or we will scooby-doo ourselves to the inn you are all headed into the inn as you're approaching the door owen the shield says uh, well i'm gonna go check with the kids make sure they're all shut in for the night just to be on the safe side if you need me i'm at the smithy Lane says thank you owen for coming to help us hey you guys seem like good people i do what i can and he turns to head towards the smith, and he stops momentarily and turns back and says, The gal walking up behind me, her name is Bella. She's bad news. Have a good day. Thank you. You as well. <laughs> and there is a gal walking up the road. She has, let, let's call her Buxom. She's got a wicker basket hanging from one arm and is wearing a dress that's just a tad on the short side for a farm girl. She's not the one who I tried to make smell good in the bar, is that she? That was the last town. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, that town. different town. Okay. And Bella has two young, strapping, college-age <laughs> men running along behind her. And she makes like she's headed towards the inn as well. Divine Mercy is definitely with her. <laughs> She'll stop shy of your group, look you over and say, You're from out of town, huh? Yes. We are. Does it show? Great, great. Well, we love visitors. Is anything unusual happening? No. Not at all. Is anything unusual happening? It feels like something unusual is happening. What unusual is happening? Well, it's really hard to explain, but sometimes when things happen in town, I, I just, I know, and I come here. How do you know? There might be a cream for that. <laughs> also, I sell my eggs at the inn, so I just brought them now. Do you divine in any way? Oh, no, 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 definitely not. Then how do you, how do you, what tells you something's off? It's like an urge, like an instinct. It just sort of rises, and then I show up. At the inn. 
No, no, I live outside of town. I'm not really allowed in town. Why not? You're here now. I've got a bit of a reputation, you know. A reputation for what? One of the boys behind her says, stealing all the town's men. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, are they unwilling? Ah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, no, of course not. Sounds like divine mercy shines upon you. (laughs) (laughs) That it does. So you get a strange feeling. That's a blessing. And then you steal men. Uh, No, so men often find me attractive and they bring me things and sometimes they stay at my house. That must be hard. It's fine. But occasionally I get a strange feeling and I have to come into town and make sure everybody's okay. Everyone is fine at this table, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, Zerus, has anybody ever had the talk with you about the strange feelings that you may feel and the changes that happened to your body a long, long time ago? How old are you? Anyway, let me know if you need somebody to have that chat with you. (laughs) Bella says, you know, uh, uh, Zerus, is that what she called you? Yes. How are you liking our town? It's quaint so far been inviting and hospitable to me it's just a waypoint on my journey oh okay well if your journey takes you just south of town perhaps you can stop by my house perhaps but i think we're headed west next okay well offer stands <laughs> great Bulane says if you are trying to steal men presumably they have to have someone you are stealing them from <sighs> it doesn't really work that way i'm just accused of stealing men i see i just happen to like men i have nothing to say to that all right well here we go i'll just sell these eggs then and be on my way and one of the boys runs to open the door for all of you to the inn i enter so the inn is actually pretty packed honestly there's a lot of people here right now looking across the inn it's not a big place, but there's probably 15 people in here, and it feels incredibly crowded. And when Bella walks in, most of the activities just sort of stop. The old record scratch. <laughs> you see a woman in middle-aged turn around from the bar and say, Bella, don't usually see you in town. And Bella says, I'm just here to sell the eggs. And she says, we usually do that in the morning. And Bella says, yep. Here to sell the eggs. And she sets the basket down on the counter, and the woman looks through, pulls a bunch of eggs out, sets them on a towel, hands over some copper coins, and says, All right, you can leave now. And Bella says, Okay. Just say any anything weird going on in town? And she says, No, absolutely not. You can leave now. And Bella says, Okay, nothing weird's going on. And she turns and heads out, and the two men follow her off south. I want to do a little party huddle and say it seems like she's got some kind of intuition here, because there's definitely weird stuff going on in town. Do you think that we should talk to her? I mean, she might know something. Is selling eggs a euphemism? I was wondering about that, but I I think she actually just means eggs. What? (laughs) What is going on strange in town? Well, in the cemeteries, or I mean, that, yeah, that sort of thing the... does not happen every day. But there's an unsealed crypt that used to be sealed with magic, and now it's not sealed anymore, and we aren't going to fix it until the morning. But aside from this, had undead, powerful magic going on, and God's cursed priests and flowing blood. 
But aside from the seal being broken, all that has existed here for a hundred years? The seal being yep. broken might be what she felt. Well, that's fine. It's dealt with. I don't know. I just feel like maybe we should talk to her about it. I'm, we did. I'm, we I'm, just, I'm gonna I said, go. I'm gonna go. go ahead. Please don't get stolen away. You wish to follow We're her? We're going to go try to talk to her. Oh, oh, you don't need to worry about that. If anything, I'll help her find some more men to steal, but <laughs> not for me. I guess I'll shuffle back out the inn and try to stop her on the street. She hasn't made it very far. She seems to be leaving town kind of cautiously and is really looking around. She's expecting to see something. So you can catch up with her very quickly. Yeah, I'll catch back up with her and say, Hey, uh, you've got me a little uh, a, a little nervous now with the feeling like something's going on in the, the town. Do you just have a, a feeling? Like, when does this happen? Has it happened before? Oh, yeah. Usually there's like a fire. One year there was a lightning strike. There was a big storm that blew through and some, some buildings got knocked down and I felt the need and I came and, and we put some put some buildings back up. So are you just able to, are you a, are you a good defender? Like why would you run towards the emergency? I belong here. This is my town. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. You don't seem terribly welcome. Well... Let's just say it, sometimes it's a little hard to be me. And what are you? I am a humble egg farmer. <laughs> insight. Can I roll some insight on that? <laughs> Please do. I did forget my dice. Give me ten seconds to grab them from the other room. No problem. I need to open the monster manual anyway. Oh, shit. <laughs> just, you don't know what part of the monster manual I'm opening. It could be the back part where the humans... Just a humble egg farmer from the Monster Manual. I'm just a hag disguised as a humble egg farmer stealing men who don't know they're sleeping with an old, old lady. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> oh yeah, of course there's nothing wrong. Sorry, I'm so used to using Roll20 when I play online that I have to retrain my brain to bring my dice with me and set up my laptop. <laughs> I ha I don't have the two activities in parallel in my head yet. I'm gonna roll my hot fire strad dice. Hot fire strad right. dice. It was the one rolling like all nineteens last time oh. that I stopped using because I felt guilty. <laughs> and you were like, I should remember this as a DM because you're running a strad <laughs> game, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, insight with plus two. Thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. She seems very sincere extremely sincere and to make the, her sincerity more genuine she even reaches out to touch you on the shoulder i have no reason to recoil okay yeah <laughs> neat <laughs> i was raised in a touchy household that's not that weird to me you need a charisma saving throw oh oh no uh -oh. 12 12 you suddenly feel drunk hmm. like real drunk oh my Oh, well, you, uh, you keep owning this town, lady. I like, I like what you're doing. It's great. Really cool, the whole, the whole thing. You know, I worship Divine Mercy. She seems to really like you. I love that. You're, mm -hmm. you're a star. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering, do you think something weird is happening in town? I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I assume I would probably be pretty loose-lipped on this at this point, then, yeah. I mean, 
the wording of this is that you have disadvantage on wisdom saving throws and wisdom checks, but you t- you get to decide. You're just drunk. <laughs> yeah, well, also, I probably don't get that hammered that often, so. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, okay, okay, let me, let me tell you a little secret. So we may have, like, disturbed a grave site thing. I got some spooky books. There was a lot of blood. I can't remember it all too well. But I'm pretty sure that we've broke a seal, and we're gonna fix it in the morning. It's all gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Go enjoy your evening. It's all taken care of. By the I'll green. do that. Yeah, thank you so much. And she gives you a little pat on the on the small of the back and says, "You're a real peach." I am a real peach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what is your passive perception? Ten. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, she turns around and the two men follow her along and you start to walk back. The audience sees, however, you do not notice this. Your foot steps in a footstep and it is a gigantic paw print, twice the size of your foot. But you don't notice. You head back to the inn. I stumble into the inn. You're drunk for an hour, by the way. In the interlude, while she was out there, Boulaine gets two drinks, one for Zerus and one for herself, and she sits down and says, Zerus, I may have misunderstood your relationship to Cretan, but I had been given to understand that you were meant to look out for her. Yes. I look out the window. She's there, yes. Oh, yeah. She looks a little stumbly, honestly. <laughs> you see weird. me, like, tripping over myself. She's right there. Can Boulaine see her? Yeah, when you look out, I think Boulaine's passive insight's probably sufficient to tell that she appears to be stumbling drunk. Uh, I picked up a dandelion and I blew on it, but I blew on it with the wind pointing back towards me, so then it all comes back in my face, and I'm sitting there like, I bet you loved your lips, you're like, Oh, and was she drunk before she stepped out the door? I don't I don't think so. I mean, she couldn't have gotten too drunk. She's been gone for three minutes. <laughs> All right. When we have not had anything to drink, yes, I do not let's... want to tell you how to do your job, sir. <laughs> I am just curious what your relationship with Cretan really is. Well, uh, let's check on her. So I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll step out of the, of the inn. I'm squishing my face into the window. <laughs> making silly faces. You're like, you're like squishing your cheek up and like, yep. <laughs> Are you feeling alright? I feel great. That lady is so cool. She says, I'm a peach. Huh. South of town, huh? Alright. Yeah. Hey, let's, I let's... might have told her about our earlier missions. You might have. Maybe. Did you tell her or did you not? I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I I did. I I did. I did do that. But she seemed really nice. <sighs> she did, didn't she? Elaine sighs and she says, "We should go back." We should go back. I don't think we should go back. <laughs> should we go back now? How is it dark? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Interestingly, it seems to be getting warmer now that the sun has gone down, and you can start to see it looks like a fog blowing in. <laughs> huh. Can I do a... Well, nature's not really one of my skills. Is that what I would roll? 
that is what you would roll. Huh. She says, oh, it is getting foggy. It's getting foggy. She rolled a six. I have no good suggestions. So maybe a quick walk up to the grave. I think we had better see what she is. Can we see the footprints heading towards the cemetery? The large animal prints? Bella appeared to have headed south, not towards the cemetery, oh, okay. so they went in the other direction. But, I mean, give me a perception roll. Let's see if you pick up on something that... Let's see if you notice when I accidentally trip in something. So perception is one of my skills, and I got a whopping ten. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, it's dark, and it's getting foggy. Well, I'm still for heading to the graveyard before turning in. I agree. You know what? Let's do it. I love hanging out in graveyards. I know you do. Thought you'd think that. Especially Creedon. with the fog rolling in. It's so cool. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. do it. I think it would be advisable. I would like to make sure that nothing else is disturbed there. I'll light a lantern when light requires it. Yeah, you'll need it as soon as you leave the main street yeah. of town to go up to the cemetery. It's a short walk because the town's not that big and the cemetery's huge. But walking through the cemetery to the appropriate mausoleum takes a little bit of time. But it is basically dark by the time you get here. The fog is blown in. The stars and the moon are gone. It's real dark. Is the fog interrupting Boulain's night vision? A little bit. So at this juncture, you're getting that four inches off the ground fog that's slowly rising and thickening. So you're fine at this point. It's just can't really see the grass or the rocks very well. Headstones are starting to disappear in the distance. Creden keeps untwirling her dress in the fog to make cool spirals <laughs> as we walk. Blaine casts thaumaturgy as we walk to make a breeze happen to clear the fog ahead of our path so we don't step on anything that we shouldn't. Yeah. And she's more minding the graves. She doesn't want to walk over graves. Mm -hmm. It works. You plume the, the fog out away from you, creating this sphere. I was using that. <laughs> I will let it come back later, and you can use it to your heart's content. And you get to the closed stone doors. Still sealed. Still sealed. They're, they're still closed. I'm going to try a perception check to listen at the door. Okay, go ahead and give me a perception roll. Ten. Yeah, it's totally quiet. Totally quiet. In fact, it's getting eerily quiet. All of the birds and small creatures are very quiet. You don't even hear crickets anymore. Mm. I don't think we've had a long rest, have we? I was about to say, Bulane, can you... No. She used it twice yeah. during this day, and I don't think we've stopped long enough no. for her to... Did we take a short her. rest? Short rest, yes. Okay. She has to do a long rest to get that back, though. No, I was just wondering if I needed to keep track of any missing spells on my end. Mm. So she can't sense undead right now. Hmm. Alright, well... My thought is that we should stay here for the evening. I am all right with this. I think Creedon will be ecstatic if she remembers it in the morning. <laughs> Creedon's already, like, leaning against a cool monument, kind of nodding off. <laughs> I imagine her finding an angel <laughs> doing this and just laying across the arms like a hammock. <laughs> yeah. I pull out my bedroll. All right. You hang out in the graveyard. It gets hotter. It's officially muggy hmm. now, and the fog that has blown in is obscuring the town's lights. You are now in the dark. It only takes about an hour, and 
Yeah, another hour goes by, and I think you start to hear some noise in the grass. This is about when you probably would be considering going to sleep. Creedon, you are sober all of the sudden. It doesn't wear off. It's just <laughs> suddenly you're sober. Oh, do I, like, wake up? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I imagine, yeah. Do I remember the circumstances of when I felt drunk? Yeah, yeah, you felt drunk hanging out with Bella. Okay, but I I know that I, like, didn't drink anything. No. Okay. Hey, uh... <laughs> Welcome back. Psst. Yeah, you guys are awake. I can't see anything. I didn't drink anything. I don't know why I was like that, but that happened while I was talking to Bella, and that's pretty weird. Wait, 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 wait. Be quiet for a second. Did you say noise from the grass? <laughs> yes. Oh, narrator in the sky. <laughs> the narrator in the sky tells you low to the ground, you hear some scuffling, like maybe rodents or something. Vilaino casts the thaumaturgy again and breathes away the fog around us. Okay. Yeah, you breeze away the fog, and in front of you there is three gravestones, and the ground right in front of them is just slowly <laughs> popping up, like a bubble of dirt is forming in front of all three of them simultaneously. Like at any moment a hand could suddenly shoot out of it. <laughs> I mean, it could be a gopher. <laughs> Three, so three giant gophers. That's exactly. Do we what have it is. a torch lit? Yeah, I have a, I have I a lantern. I lit. wouldn't have. Okay, cool. So I'm not totally blind. Let's let's walk away from this for a second. Let's go ahead and well, I will because now now I know what I'm looking for. I will walk thirty, forty feet away from the crypt and use my foot to feel for a similar formation around other graves. Yeah, you're walking along and you keep bumping into little mounds of dirt that seem to be just forcing themselves up. In the lantern light, it's weird, because it's doing that thing that fog does. It feels bright near you, but you can't actually see very far. But yeah, you're able to find these mounds of dirt, and if you put your foot on one of them, it, it seems to keep pushing upwards very slowly, like little shoves. Does this seem to be happening in front of all of the graves? Uh, you haven't wandered very far yet, but so far, yeah, pretty much all the graves you can see. And how big is the cemetery? About how many may be interned here? Oh, it's truly, truly massive. Oh. It's bigger than anything else in the town. Zerus, can we get inside the mausoleum? We can. I, don't, I think we need to. But there are a number of dead in there as I well. I think we maybe need to, like, go. Can we get back out? Of the mausoleum? No, the cemetery. If we move fast. Yes. Yes. Let us let us go to the entrance of the cemetery, the one closest to town. Agreed. Let's hustle. You can head over to the entrance. That ground shuffling noise just seems to increase. Now it's really hard to tell where it's coming from because it seems to be omnidirectional. Oh. We're just going to book it. <laughs> yeah, we should get back to the town maybe and... Let them know something's coming. That's a good idea. I think you're correct. Because there's a lot of stuff here. I don't know if we can handle this. I believe this is more than the three of us can handle. Agreed. Definitely more than the three of us can handle. Especially without a night of sleep. So, <laughs> I will... I mean, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Not even hungover. <laughs> 
let's make our way to barracks or town guard, wherever that is. Yeah, so you head in. The town does have a militia. It is not as formal as the Sternheim militia, so most of them sleep at their homes. But there's a big military militia rallying bell and an armory that probably has a couple guys at it, even at night. Shall we ring the bell? Let's maybe head to the armory first. <laughs> Tulane looks a little disappointed. <laughs> are the, I assume they're kind of near each other? Yes, they are. They're very near each other. So you can head over to the armory. The armory is a quiet, low squat building. You can see some candlelights through the fog coming through the inside. So you know someone's in there and the candles are lit. Yeah, I'll walk in. Yeah, you walk in. There's two guys in leather armor. They've got bows strung behind their chairs. They're sitting there playing a card game. Have you seen the weather outside? Yeah, there's some kind of some kind of fog blowing in. Is that unusual around this part? Oh, yeah, it's pretty weird. And the heat and humidity? Uh, you know, that's that is actually very weird. Uh, it's unseasonal. If there were to be an emergency, I assume we just ring that bell out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if something comes out of the thorns or there's a, a big beast spotted in the sky, we ring the bell. And All right, all right. So how prepared is your militia? We took down a giant elk. Great. Let's, let's raise them. The graveyard seems to be coming to life. Unlife. It's coming to unlife. And we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> One of them is going to roll his. Uh, he rolls a five. He goes, wait, like, like the gravestones are waking up and walking around? Like, what the hell are you talking about? We do not have time for this. And Boulain goes outside and rings the bell. Okay, we're talking about an army of skeletons. Yeah, you, you ring the bell. And she does that with a little bit of glee. Okay. <laughs> it's a big bell and it makes a big noise. It's really impressive. It's kind of fun, even. You feel like you shouldn't be doing it while you're ringing it because it's just that dang loud. Mm -hmm. But you hear scuffling and shuffling and some shouts in the distance. And after about two, three minutes, Men start showing up with pitchforks and torches. It's a equal genders army, so you've got little, you've got a whole mix of little people. women. Nate. <laughs> Not all of them are little. Mixed age. You've got your child soldiers in there. <laughs> child soldiers, yeah, older yeah, soldiers, no. male, female, everything in between. <laughs> yeah, no, the town is rapidly gathering. Welcome to the mid-roll, and this is World Generation Step 4, Plot Generation. So you may not love the order some of these steps come in, but I'm optimizing for action with a complete world. So if you do things in this order, you'll get something pretty playable pretty fast. At this point, we have some themes, we have some factions, we even have a map. A head full of ideas we generated on cultures and religions, conflicts, that kind of thing. Maybe we wrote some of them down, but I haven't made any stat blocks or tables yet. Why? They're a lot of work, and we don't need them until the night before the players are actually ready to play. So no plan that I make ever survives players, and that's just a fact of DMing. So the next step is to make up the reasons people will encounter monsters and adversaries, who will eventually have stat blocks. And I actually advocate making your stat blocks just a few days before you need them, and no earlier. There's no point making up Orc King mini arrows if you don't know what level your characters will be when they find them. So, making a plot. I do this in two phases. In phase one, I make a bulleted list of one major development 
and three expected player actions that could result from that development. I make three of these in order so that I have a high-level outline of my story in three acts. For example, the party patron champions the creation of a golem. Our heroes need to get the research materials about the golem, then the components for the golem, then assemble the golem. In Act 2, maybe they go to the castle, and they find a path into the Feywild, and I write down some more bullets. In Act 3, maybe they confront the bad guy in the Feywild, and I write down some more bullets. Now, it's important to note that I'm not sold on these ideas completely, and I will rewrite Act 2 after Act 1, and again, I'll rewrite Act 3 after Act 2, because my players are going to make decisions, and if I'm very lucky, come up with better ideas for solving problems than I ever had. If you have listened to our first campaign, they solidly do all of these things. Uh, and my Act 3 turns into just, like, three episodes. My original bullets called for gathering allies in the fairy wild, holding a trial, catching the fairy queen in a web of her own agreements. They skip that. Now for part two of plot generation, the immediate future. I need a place for players to start. A scenario that brings them together and gives them a problem to solve. I need this to inform future players of what kind of characters they should make and kind of assumptions to make about our story. I also need a place to start making stats and tables because doing a lot of that work in places the players won't go right away isn't really helping me and I'll have to redo it all later. Remember, best world you can build is the one that gets played in. I also recommend ending this step four by recruiting your players and setting a start date. Nothing encourages the creative process like a deadline. All right, good luck. Pretty shortly, there's about 30 people with some sort of weapon. Only a few of them have armor, but they are armed with pitchforks. Some of them have bows, some of them have swords. It seems to be a minority. A guy comes marching up. Unlike everyone else, he's wearing metal armor. He's got scale plating all over him. Ooh. He strides up and says, what's going on? We have an emergency in the cemetery. Is somebody hurt? Is there a beast? What are we What are we dealing with here? Things coming out of graves. I'm, I'm, I beg your pardon? Did I stutter? No, but I feel like you should have. <laughs> How far away is the cemetery from here? Only a couple hundred feet, honestly, Great. from the edge of it. It wraps around the town. Outstanding. Tell your troop to stay here and come with me. Wait, the cemetery wraps around the town? It, halfway around the town, Okay, yeah. that's it. That's a big cemetery. No, it, it's like a big crescent cemetery. He says, yeah, I, men, rally up. I'm going to go do some scouting, get some torches lit. I don't know what's up with this fog, but we're not going to be able to see anything. And see if you can swap out bows for crossbows. I don't think we're going to get a lot of range in this. Great. I will I'll take him to the edge of the cemetery, and I will, first of all, see if anything's changed. When you get to the edge of the cemetery, the first thing you notice is that those mounds of dirt have gotten really quite large. Hmm. A few of them look like maybe something crawled out of them, but there's nothing visibly moving around. Super foggy, though. Super duper foggy. This better not just be moles or we're going to look really stupid. Are the peaks on top of the fog? Like, are they peeking over the fog now, or...? This fog has grown way tall now. At this juncture, it's higher than a man's head. So I'll just hold a torch near one of the mounds and show him. Or the lantern. He leans down and says, freshly turned, Earth... 
Grave robbers, maybe? I'll go to the next one. And the next okay. one. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's head back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't know what to do about dead things. As he ones up, you hear someone shout, uh, Cap- Captain Miles, in this fog, I don't think we're going to be able to fight anything. What are we dealing with here? Is it wolves? And Captain Miles says, uh, no, I'm going to go with zombies. And the people who have gathered here all go quiet for a second. And the dice is rolled. <laughs> and one of them says, how the fuck do you fight zombies? The same way you fight other stuff, probably. Shoot them in the fucking head. Oh, we don't have guns. <laughs> Crossbows will do it. Crossbows will do it. Uh, weapons and fire? Fire? Fire. Fire. Okay, weapons and fire. Get torches and... Actually, you know what? Someone run to the temple and get 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 the priest. I plan on fighting them with love. Love and fire. <laughs> I said, I'm going to go stand at the cemetery gate. I'll expect y'all shortly. Yeah, so it, a panic breaks loose as people start running around. And Zerus, you go stand at the cemetery gate. After a couple of minutes, I think, Zerus, you're, you're alone in the fog with just your light standing at the cemetery gate. And something walks into the firelight. It meanders a little bit and looks at you. And it looks like a really old man in a burial garb. Pieces of the skin on its face are missing. And you can see like a jade jawbone oh. sticking out of the side of its face. Oh. And it takes this deep breath and says... <sighs> Where is Astra? I know a lot of Astras. <laughs> do, do I know what Astra looks like? Are you all with me? Just out of curiosity. Yes, Bulate is with yeah, you. Yeah, I would uh, all right, all right, all right. We gotta cover this up. <laughs> there are a lot of Astras. Which Astra are you looking for? Astra... The one who killed me. I think that Astra's dead. Who, who are you? Good question. In life, I was Amaranth. Did you say dead? Is Amaranth one of the priests? I believe Astra is dead. Yeah, that was one of the tomb. Well, did we ever find the body in there? Elaine says... Amaranth was one of the two priests. Mm. She says, hmm, what does she say? She says, Amaranth, I am a fellow priest of your order. We met a long time ago. Blaine. Yes. Whoa, good memory. Where is Astra? Astra is dead. Where? Is Astra's son not available? (laughs) (laughs) This Astra killed my family. I will kill his family. So we cannot let you do that. Is Lamia also with you? Lamia. She killed our children. Oh. Wait, so then Astra didn't. Astra made her do it. They are all gone. Only I remain. 
Has anyone ever talked to you about how the cycle of revenge never really satisfies, you know, it, it just leads to more bloodshed and more pain? <laughs> then that is what I want. Ah. Oh. Um, oh, you can't win them all. Well, everyone needs a goal, Amaranth, and ours is to put what happened here to right. We cannot let you leave the cemetery. It gives out this choked laugh, and you get the, you get the distinct impression that this creature doesn't have lungs anymore. Like it's really struggling to produce noises, and it says, I don't think you have a choice in the matter. Tell me where I can find the descendants of Astra, and that is where I will go. <laughs> I, th I think maybe we should just take care of this, you know. I <laughs> Can I use my channel divinity? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's get into this, baby. Right. Bulane touches the tattoo of the raven at her throat and uses her channel divinity to curse this creature. Which probably doesn't have a visible effect on him. <laughs> you get to decide. What does it look like when you curse somebody? The tattoo glows for a moment. There's a light that comes out. She's got this hole in her leather armor where she accesses that. And there's a light that comes out from that briefly. And the light is reflected in his eyes for a moment. And she says, Amaranth, I have leveled a curse on you. It will go hard for you if you oppose us. You've crushed my skull once already today. By all means, do it again. Oh, shoot, is it the same one? All right. I rage and strike. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll me your attack roll. Yeah, for this one, I'll go reckless. We have an 18 as the top, which means we're 23. Super hits. And you get to do it twice. Well, he gets to double all the damage he rolls. So roll it, add it up, and then double it. Why do I get to double the damage? Because I cursed him. Uh, oh, it oh. is now vulnerable because of the gotcha. curse of the grave. Well, I've rolled a 10, so that's going to be 15 damage. Great. That doubles to 30. Yay. Our zombie is going to need to roll a very high saving throw to stay alive after that. He fails. You crush its skull in. It collapses to the ground. No, I didn't. Bits of jade flakes seem to spray out of the missing patches of flesh on its head i look in the remains is there a jade skull in there is it jade flakes what's it look like well you smashed it good but you're pretty sure there is a jade skull in there yeah or what's left of it i throw up watching you dig through the brain matter of this <laughs> man <laughs> give it ahead and give me a let's do investigation all right i think belaine would like a look at this too if that's okay oh yeah you're a mortician <laughs> Oh, okay. Rolled a 20. That's a score of 22 on the investigation. Yeah, a 22 is definitely sufficient. I suppose Belaine's probably not going to beat that, even no. if I give her advantage, because no. it's a corpse. I didn't even roll well. Oh, you're going to give me advantage? <laughs> oh, yeah. so nice. Oh, that's better. 14. Yeah, okay. 22 is the is the better option here. So, Zerus, as you lean down, it looks like this person was recently buried. This is someone's deceased grandfather buried in the last week or two hmm. and its skull has been transformed into jade and it appears to be up and walking or was before you smashed it but yeah it's wearing burial robes that haven't really decayed yet it smells intense 
Is the 14 enough for Boulain to realize it's fresh? Oh yeah, no, this is a fresh body. Boulain can get that out of it. Yeah, I think she gets puzzled. She says, this does not make sense. This is a fresh body. Seems like it's one of those take over the corpses sort of thing. I think we need to maybe find whoever... What was what was his name? The dude that was in him? Amarant. Amarant. Maybe we need to like find his body and do something? Oh, that's going to be hard to get to. And that's when you hear a loud grinding of stone as the doorways to the mausoleum swing open. You can't see him, but you recognize the noise. Can we see the mausoleum or is it shrouded in fog? No, it's shrouded in fog. Okay. You have to wander into the graveyard. <laughs> we don't want to, Nate. We don't want to, Nate. <laughs> we wanted to be here half an hour ago, but seems not pretty anymore. scary. <laughs> then it got freaky. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that we messed this up, but I think we maybe messed it up. <laughs> what us? <laughs> not possible. Should we wait for the militia, or should we go look at that now? So, so when we were down there, we didn't see the corpses of the old priests, right? There was only one corpse that was not in the catacombs, and it was in that summoning circle, and it had a jade skull. But we didn't break the summoning circle, right? I did. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. I smudged it. Like I, I thought that we just... I broke the... Yeah. You rolled sufficiently high to know that that summoning circle was used, mm -hmm. and that no damage to it was going to do anything, but you did prevent its reuse. Yeah. And smashed the skull once, but apparently that didn't take... <laughs> So... Or there's just a ton of jade skulls. <laughs> or there's a ton of jade skulls. <laughs> this town's in the wrong business. <laughs> Can I hear anything of interest from the square where the bell is and the gathering militia? So I think the whole world goes very silent all of a sudden. And then you hear the bell ring again, very loud. It rolls through the hills. And then it rings a second time. And then it rings a third time. Okay, we need to decide if we're going to... We're in danger no matter what. Do we go back to the town and help, or do we go to the mausoleum and try to figure out how to stop it? Boulain looks at Zerus and says, Is there a universal protocol to bell tolls in the military? Zerus, there is. One bell is come here. Two bells is usually a dismissal. Three bells is a major alert. Three bells isn't don't bother coming here. Three bells is stand and fight to the death. Yes. That bell says that something catastrophic is happening, and to be prepared to lay down your life. We should head to the catacombs. All right. Following you. Towards the sound of the opening mausoleum. So you get to the door, and inside the fog clears, right? The fog is only outside. But kneeling is a busted-up skeleton, and it rolls its head up to look at you and you can see the skull has transformed it is jade can i shoot it yes all right i'll try to eldritch blast it i guess let's see 12 plus 5 17 to hit yeah that little skeleton and that's going to be four five six seven force damage you shoot it good so this wasn't a great skeletal specimen here the reason it was kneeling is actually because it appears to be missing part of a leg. Is this the same skeleton we smashed up earlier? No. Oh. It's a completely new one. It seems like this is a moving the control situation. No, I mean the skeleton we smashed up that came out of the sarcophagus. I, I thought it might be that one. Oh, no, no. Still, still a different one. This one looks like it's probably from down below somewhere. Mm. So, Creighton, you shoot it, 
and it holds up a skeletal five-fingered hand, like, like, stop. Wait, so, like, it, it didn't, I didn't kill it? You didn't kill it. You blow out a whole bunch of its ribs. One of its arms is now gone again. It looks real bad. Villain says, are you amaranth again? The skull shakes, but no noise comes out of the mouth. The skull nods. I'm sorry. No noise comes out. <laughs> Shivers. It's cold. <laughs> Just general bone rattling. Your bone rattling is. Villain is going to cast Sacred Flame. Okie dokie. He needs to do a deck save. He does not succeed. Yeah, I don't know what good talking to him might do. Yeah, he said... Sounded like he's said in his mind. Especially if this one has no mouth. Yeah, find a better one in book chat. (laughs) (laughs) Go find another freshie. Find another freshie so we can actually talk to you. Three damage. Yeah, you light a fire and it, it burns up a bit. You see it collapse under one knee and it takes its bony finger and draws on the floor in the dirt something it's moving very slowly you have plenty of time to finish this off if you decide to do so can i i'm gonna let it finish its drawing can i see what it's doing and make a religion check to understand it yeah roll religion roll of an 11 score of 15 15 with a 15 you know skeletons are not generally intelligent creatures they should not be able to write or communicate in any way shape or form this one appears much smarter than a normal skeleton. What it is drawing is not religiously affiliated, though. It appears to be writing something in the common tongue. struggling, right? This thing is not in one piece, really. But in the dust on the floor, it writes, Where? Question mark. I think it's messing with this. I think it is still looking for Astra. And I think we can keep killing it, and it will revive itself in every last corpse in the cemetery until it finds what it wants. Well, this particular creature seems handled. I'm going to step out of the mausoleum and listen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of noise coming from town. Clashing, shuffling, shouts. It sounds like things are getting quite desperate there. I want to lean into these two, hopefully out of range of skeletal ears, and say, I, with it wondering where I think, do you think that maybe Astra's son? I mean, he had a journal that mentioned stuff about it. Maybe there would be something about this there. Or maybe they have some magic item that can fix all of this, and that's why he's looking for it. I don't know, but I mean, we already have been down here. We didn't find anything. I'm wondering if maybe the Astra's family there's more to it should we go back to the town yeah all right i don't have any better ideas my thought was to seal up the catacombs and crypt here but that's not going to really help because the first guy didn't even come from here all right i'll axe it okay it's destroyed let's go you break the skull apart i'm curious to see if the rest of them have the same appearance okay you run into town any objections to leaving the mausoleum no. Okay, great. Yes, we run into town. You run into town. There is a tremendously thick fog. Mm. It is pea soup thick. You hear clatters and shouts. In the distance, you keep hearing people shout, To the temple! To the temple! We should head to the blacksmith, Owens. Okay, you're going to head to the blacksmith with Owens. So, stumbling out of the fog comes the first zombie. It does not appear to be as fresh as the last one but it's still a bit fleshy 
you can make out pieces of its skull. It's a normal skull, but it is flailing at you. Go ahead and give me an initiative, please. It's just standing there menacingly. <laughs> oh, God damn. 25. Not net. <laughs> okay. I heard 20. I heard 5. Zero's got a 17. Zero's got a 17. Okay, Balloon, you're first. Creighton first. I got the 20. Oh, I'm sorry. Creighton got the 20. <laughs> Creighton, you're first. All right. Eldritch Blast, baby. A 17. That'll hit. I'm going to use a different D10 this time. Three, four, five, six. Six force damage. Okay. Chunks of this zombie start spraying around. You have hit it successfully. Now, Zerus. I'm going to swing recklessly. Okay. Ooh. My best score is a 10. Still good. Zombies are the very undexterous. Not super hardy. That is 14 damage. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Rolls a saving throw and fails. You smash it. It seems to continue to twitch on the ground a little bit, but it, it doesn't seem to have any function left in it. Continuing on to Owens. All right. You take another step forward. A zombie comes out of the fog at the back of the party. We're going to stay in initiative order. Boulain. So this is a new zombie. New zombie. Running and gunning. <laughs> She's going to cast Sacred Flame at it. Okay. It's going to roll a dexterity saving throw. It will fail because it does not do great on the decks. Right. Oh, full eight damage. Radiant. Okay. Radiant damage, yes. Fire hits it real good. Creedon. So it's still up? Yep. All right. Eldritch Blast attempt again. That's a 13. That'll hit. And seven force damage. That's like a Care Bear okay. Stare Rainbow Eldritch <laughs> Blast, right? You covered that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a big kissy heart that smashes into it. Yep. <laughs> Just a big heart that goes straight into its chest and glows for a moment. <laughs> Zerus, this zombie is coming at you. Same zombie as the other two have hit? Yep, same zombie the other two I've have hit. I've been reckless. Okay. 19, so 23. So super hits. Ah, this one's six damage. Okay, you hit it, and you, you're you pretty sure there's not a lot of zombie left standing, but it, for some reason, just doesn't go down. <laughs> Maybe we should just keep going <laughs> the zombie flails in the direction of oh let's see this one came in at the back of the party flails at creedon no <laughs> my beautiful skin <laughs> i don't want to rot creedon please give me an athletics or acrobatics roll. oh lord well, i'll go with acrobatics oh no seven. Oh shit Okay, good news. A zombie does not roll well. It grabs you and starts pulling you into the fog, but you are able to squirm free. Wow. Blaine. Impressive. Blaine's going to hit it with... He's been damaged now, so he's gonna... she's going to hit it with Toll the Dead. Oh, no, hey. wait. That's necrotic damage. That's probably not going to do anything to it. Sacred Flame it is. It totally fails. Three damage. It will again roll at zombie fortitude. This time it fails. It crumples and ignites on the ground and does not twitch any longer you can keep heading to the blacksmith onward it is two zombies less approaching you and more you approaching them they seem to notice you though we will go back into initiative order creedon there are two zombies in the road in front of you i'm gonna blast one of them a 20 to hit yeah that's super hits yep oh, minimum damage flame that is four damage okay 
Rolling low on a D10 is always so heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's going to bring us to Zerus. Yep. I will recklessly attack the zombie that was just tagged. Okay. 16 is 21. Super hits. 2 is 5 damage. Okay. The zombies both attack Zerus because they are in front of you and Zerus is in melee range. Please do so with uh, advantage. Because you reckless, they will do so with advantage. The first zombie gets a... 21 to yeah. hit, which is probably going to hit. Indeed. Oof. Second zombie, with advantage, gets a 19 to hit, which is probably going to hit. That will also hit, yes. Oh, no. Yikes. Zoinks, even. All right. Rolling the dice. Rolling, rolling, rolling. That is going to be a total of seven damage from two sources as the zombies just start wailing on you with their meaty fists. Got it. That's going to bring us to Bulane. Bulane's going to, the one that's already been hit, she's going to hit with Sacred Flame again. Okay. They are going to roll their saving throw. That's a cock dice. Try again. That is a fail. Four. Okay. And then as a bonus action, she's going to cast Healing Word on Zeros. Uh, you're going to get six points back. All right. Okay. And that's going to bring us to Creedon. Y'all know what I'm going to do. going to shoot him. Oh, man. A seven to... Oh, wait, no. A nine to hit. A nine hits. A seven <laughs> ah. would not have. So, <laughs> okay. doing good. That is six damage. That's better. Force okay. damage. Zombie is going to roll his con saving throw. Zombie remains up miraculously, despite being in bad working order. Zerus. I will... I'll go ahead and strike at the other zombie. Okay. And I will not do so recklessly. Probably wise. Hits a twelve. That'll it for 15 damage. Jeez. You take a hefty chunk out of it, leaving this thing badly, badly wounded and disfigured. The zombies are going to try to team up on you, Zerus, so I need you to roll me either athletics or acrobatics. Definitely athletics. The two of them are going to roll with advantage, because there's two of them. And they come away with a 12. 19. 19. Okay, so one zombie goes high and one goes low. They slam into your chest. They're trying to knock you down. You take a defiant step backwards and are fine. That's going to bring us to Bulane. Bulane will do Sacred Flame on the one who, the less damaged one. Okay. It will fail its saving throw. You don't need to roll damage. It only has one hit point. However, it will... Actually, no. Give me the damage. Six. Because that sets the DC. He will remain somehow just held together by maliciousness and dark energy. Grr. All right, Creighton. Okay, so are both of them still up, or is it just one? They are both still up. One is somehow standing. It's jumping on one leg and clawing with one hand, but, you know, it's there. How far are we from the blacksmith at this point? Well, because it's super foggy, it's a little hard to tell, but you know you're very close. Okay. Let's book it. I want to run up to be within ten feet of both of them. Done. And I am going to make myself appear very scary. They need to make wisdom saving throws or be frightened by uh, me. These wise, wise zombies. Okay. Save is 15. They both turn and look at you. And then the one that's in better shape stumbles backwards away. And then the one that's running from you slams directly into someone in the fog. You just see shadows now. As the zombie runs into something, it stops. The two of them look at each other. 
and the zombie continues running away. All right. I have to say, I did not think that would work. Good trick. That was very cool. Yeah, just something I picked up along the way. (laughs) An hour ago. But the other one is still there. There's one that's flailing itself. Zerus, there is one that's hanging on to life somehow. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll attack it. Okay. Well, I'll say hail. 15 to hit, 11 damage. All right, it fails that saving throw and collapses. The shadow that is just out in front of you steps into your range of view. It seems to have a little shuffle to its walk, and it says, Hail yourself, the weather's awful. And Sadie the baker Mm. steps in. What's all that noise? Sadie, your former master is on the warpath. The silent judge is on the warpath? Amaranth. Hey, we need to move. That guy's only going to be running for, like, five more seconds. <laughs> Bulane will grab Sadie, and we will all head for the blacksmith's door. And we will end it there. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. How do you deal with a zombie apocalypse? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, the D&D Odyssey.